You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. It's the Sense of Humor show. Yeah. I'm Ian Dolan. I'm the youngest sister. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California with a couple of kids. And Julie, you've got our question of the week this week. I do. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the eldest sister. I'm a podcaster. And here is the question of the week. Who is the funniest in the family? And I'm going to start with you, Liz, after you introduce yourself. Okay. (laughs) This is Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I am a marketer and a podcaster. Who is the funniest? Well, I feel like we're a very competitive family. So we all worked very hard (laughs) at being funny, right? That was important. Good point. But the person who could hold the room the best, which is key if you want to be funny, funny, is our father. Jim Dolan, Big Jim, could hold the room better than anyone. Okay, that's a good answer. Okay, how about you, Leanne? Well, I, yeah, I'm going to reiterate what Liz said. I mean, in people, a lot of funny people in the family, uh, and I'm going to talk about this later in the show, but it was sort of a key family value for us. But I have to say the person that makes me laugh the most right now, very proud, my son, Colin, really sharp, very sharp, great storyteller, great observational (laughs) humor. So I'm going to the next gen, going to the next gen. It's important to keep going through the next gen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Okay, good answer. For me, you know, when I was thinking about this, you all make me laugh. All my brothers and sisters always make, make me laugh in different ways. So it was sort of hard to pick the funniest. But I came up with a tie um, because I think there are two people in our family that really do have comedic genius. Uh, and mm. one is right here uh, on the line, Leanne Dolan. I think you're very, very funny. I love your humor. I love the stuff you come up with that you write and the stuff that just, you know, you pops out of the top of your head sometimes, <laughs> right? I like it. Thank you, Julie. Okay. It does, I, it does say right on the back of our book, Leanne, that you are the sassiest. Okay. <laughs> okay. But her humor goes beyond that. But you are tied. Again, maybe it's that competitive nature in the family. I'm going to have to call it a tie with our brother Dick, who just always makes me laugh. He's so funny and he always has such great observational humor. So, Lane and Dick, you are the funniest in the family. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. I'll take it. I'll totally take that. Um, yeah, we are talking about sense of humor today, which of course is about the least funny thing to talk about, sense of humor <laughs> in that way. It goes yeah. against every grain of my body to sort of tell, don't show, but okay, whatever. Uh we're gonna, but we are doing a whole series on our satellite sisters' uncommon senses. And these are the values that we determined 20 years ago in our book, Satellite Sisters Uncommon Senses, that sort of made us who we are. We started two weeks ago with the sense of connection. Last week we did the sense of Self. This week is the sense of humor. Um, so we're going to try to talk about that in a way that is sort of funny. I think we're going to try. Um, we, uh, Liz, you have, um, I feel like you invented the term fun seeker versus fun sucker. Is that true? Do you think? 
I don't know. I'm, okay, I'm taking credit for that. Thank you very much, Leah. You should, Liz. You, you were the first. You were the first. <laughs> well, you know, people often comment to us, especially about the show, um, about how positive we are. And I and I think what that's really about is that we learned, especially when we were kids, to be fun seekers rather than fun suckers. Because if you were a fun sucker, nobody was going to take you anywhere. Nobody was going to include you in anything. You were basically left home, which is the fate worse than death. So we all had to learn to be fun seekers, fun to be around so that people would include us in their fun seeking activities. That's my theory. All right. So we have more on that later in the show and some some updates. You have a whole new list. You and Julie have put together a whole new list. And speaking of list, uh, Julie, we had even forgotten we'd written this essay in the book, but we're definitely going to revisit it today. Men stink and other lessons we learned from our brothers. <laughs> I mean, I was reading over this, Lan. I mean, they talk about we were so far out on on these topics. And now 20 years later, it's happened. Okay. We should trademark all of this stuff. I mean, uh, it's just amazing to me. We're going to talk about that. All right. But first, it's up to me to sort of describe how we developed our dull and sense of humor, how our, how we developed our sense of humor, you know, in the first place. And it certainly started right from the family dinner table. When I think of my childhood, the and I am the youngest of eight siblings, there were 10 people around the dinner table many, many nights of my life. That is a lot of noise, but mainly the noise I hear in my head is laughter. I mean, when we were kids, we laughed at everything any place we were, even at the dinner table, you know, on the school bus. We laughed when we were out to dinner. We laughed at church where we weren't supposed to laugh at all. In fact, I feel like we laughed the hardest at church. <laughs> so, you know, but that contagious kind of laughter, you just can't stop until mom shoots that look down the line at you. Remember that look? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And occasionally a pinch. Occasionally <laughs> a pinch. Oh, I was always uh, seated at the end as number eight. So I never got this list. Yeah, Yeah. too far away. Too far away. But I would say this. We really did learn from the best. Our dad, Liz, you nailed it. Like he was a tremendous storyteller and he had the ability to sort of find the funny in every situation. So he it was almost like he was on the lookout for funny things to say. And then he would save them up and he would come to the dinner table or he would come to Thanksgiving or, you know, come to just sitting around the living room at Sunday and launch into a story that was multifaceted, that had a beginning, a middle, an end. It had a punchline. It <laughs> had all the things that a great story is supposed to have. And you guys learned from him right? I would sit Mm -hmm. around at the dinner table. I think we established last week during Sense of Self that no one was listening to me at all uh, because I was the youngest. No one was paying attention. I almost never got a shot to talk at any family event ever. Um, So I would- Sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I do a lot of talking now. I'm fine. You just said I was the funniest one. There's a reason (laughs) for that. But- I would listen to you guys and you were funny storytellers. I used to love listening to you and you learn from dad, the setup, the middle, the end, the jokes, the punchline. You would bring these little shaped jewels uh, to a variety of things. It wasn't easy laughs. I would say that in our family, you really had to earn it. I think we also had the benefit of having our mom who was like the perfect straight man, right? She, mm-hmm. <laughs> she 
was a great foil. And I think back, maybe we made fun of her too much, but she was a fantastic foil for a lot of great humor. And one of the things I learned listening to you guys was what was funny and what wasn't funny. And what was funny was always making fun of yourself, right? That's mm-hmm. right. that's the so humiliation is the greatest form of funny, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, you have to laugh, right? Yeah. You know, otherwise, yeah. you're going to cry. Yeah, when it's on you, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So stories of personal humiliation—that's the top. Like something <laughs> terrible happened to you on the bus, or at school, or you know, on your first day of college, or your first day of work. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. Bring us the personal humiliation. What was never funny was personal triumph, right? That's not. Got no time for that. Yeah. We don't want to hear about your triumph. No one's interested. It's just boring. (laughs) Yep. So so I used to actually, before dinner, rehearse my material in the upstairs bathroom before dinner. Like if I had a story to tell, I would rehearse it. And I remember my first, I think, um, my one of my greatest hits was this story about Jerby, the blind gerbil I brought home for Christmas, second grade. I don't know if you guys remember this, but yes. I was very excited to be the the person chosen for the gerbil, you know, to go home with over the Christmas holidays, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then do you remember what happened to Jerby? No, I'm guessing things did not turn out well for Jerby. <laughs> no, so did Jerby die? Yeah, I killed. Wait, I, killed I killed this. I killed the school gerbil. Yes. <gasps> and I did. But was it me personally? I think it was an actual like heart attack. Remember our dog <laughs> tour spent like two straight weeks barking at gerby. And finally the gerbil just killed over. Okay. So. Oh, that's right? still terrible. funny, Julie. It is. Okay. So, I know. But, yeah, but I mean, the pet's <laughs> demise, that's not funny. But yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. was it. That was my greatest triumph was the story of gerby at the dinner table. And from there, really, I was off. Right. I mean, I realize that if you rehearse the material, like if I just come and sort of whined and been sad about Jerby, maybe not great. But no. because I could shape it into a little story with a punchline and, you know, bringing yeah. back the empty gerbil cage to school. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's man. not good. Okay. Right. It's a funny um, picture, though. It's, it's a, a funny, funny picture, picture, Liz. So that was it. And so I learned that if I rehearsed material, like I might have that kind of reception all the time. So literally my whole life I've rehearsed materials, which is why I feel like I ended up in the best career possible doing satellite sisters (laughs) and a talk show because I have been talking to myself my whole life. I have been figuring out this horrible thing happened to me, but if I move a few pieces around and add some exaggeration and stick in this little punchline and a nugget of observational humor, I got a great story, even though it was a terrible thing that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's skill. That's yeah. true skill. Yeah. I, so, I have seen you mumbled, mumbling to yourself, Leanne, and it's a lot, right? A lot. I, okay. A lot. Almost nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like, particularly mm-hmm. when I walk the dog. I mean, I rehearse everything. I rehearse meeting presentations. I rehearse material for this show. If I have to, like, call and leave somebody a voicemail, I'll rehearse a voicemail. Like, I just want to make sure I have my material down. And I think what filtering everything through a sense of humor has done for me is just helps me put it in perspective. You know, I mean, we've all gone through some stuff, right? Everyone's Mm -hmm. gone through difficult things. And there's some things that are not funny and you shouldn't laugh about. And they're just too dark to, you know, paper over with some punchline. That's not the way I I like to roll. But 
usually eventually almost every tough thing I've been through, I can shape into a lesson for me. I can make it understandable. I can add perspective to it if I add a layer of humor. Um, the one time I think that we all needed to do that was when our dad was going through Alzheimer's. I mean, there's <laughs> literally not one funny thing about Alzheimer's, no, no. but you know what? We managed to laugh our way through Alzheimer's because yeah, yeah. then we really would have cried if we hadn't. Right. I mean, right. Even the fact that every time we went to mom and dad's house, we'd just say, well, we're going to crazy town because <laughs> we just never knew what we were going to what encounter. Was up. You're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. And if, if Alzheimer's was an Alzheimer's, you know, it would be hilarious, but right. it's just not. <laughs> no. No. So, so that's it. I mean, there were definitely a lot of conversations where we started by crying and then we ended by laughing. And mm -hmm. I think that's what, you know, looking at things through the filter of humor can do for you, understanding it. And the other thing, too, is I don't feel like I drag anyone down with me. Maybe, Liz, you said it. I mean, mm -hmm. fun seeker is sort of a light term, but I I like to be a positive person. I, I like mm -hmm. to I, I like to have an understanding of you know, the importance of who I am in this, in the context of the world, which is not super important at all right, right. in that sense. So I think having a sense of humor about myself has helped me like not take myself too seriously and mm -hmm. not bring other people down with me. Um, and that I a hundred percent learned at the Dolan family dinner table. Like that was definitely reinforced by dad, by you all, our cousins, our aunts and uncles, in our extended family, there was just so much laughter at right. all of our family events, it's just a wonderful memory to tap into, you know, when things get tough. Mm -hmm. Yes, so for sure. I would say that. I would say that. So I use humor as a filter. You know, I use it. It's how I see my life. It's how I see the big world. And it's how I make sense of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much everything. If you just shape it up a little bit, <laughs> right, right. you're going to be able to get through it. Just yeah. <laughs> to but shape it you up. Think don't you think doing Satellite Sisters has forced us to do that? I mean, we made a um, you know, commitment many years ago that we were going to do a positive show. And we right. were going to bring experiences to the table um, that happened to us, but we felt like we're universals, right? But right. we had to do it in some way that was fun and funny and understandable when appropriate. We've had very many serious discussions. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but, I don't think, I mean, we joke about shallow topics, but we've done a lot of serious topics and uh, we've treated, we've treated them seriously because they are, but, um, but always trying to have a positive show as, as that's been a giant value for all of us. Right. And even, right. even when we are trying to just make fun of things, I think we've been very conscious of never punching down at the things that we make fun of. That's why it's so much easier just to make fun of yourself because right. just, just you're safe. You're, I think it is the safest. Very, yes. We learned that very early on saying to each other, like, you can say whatever you want about yourself, but you can't say whatever you want about anyone else. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important lesson in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? Because really, like, the easiest thing in the world to do is trash somebody else. Yeah. That's sort of also sort of as a comedian as a like a comedy rule that's just the cheapest way to go yeah. the cheapest uh -huh. way to get a laugh is to make fun of somebody else and right. i think that happens particularly with women mm -hmm. so i would also say that's been a very conscious uh part of our show is to not quote punch down on other women do things pop out yes of course uh, you know nobody's 
nobody's <laughs> but but in general like we we you're not going to see a story with you know a, a popular celebrity or reality tv person and us just commenting on it that's not how we roll no, no. yeah not you unless know, we, it's a positive comment yeah right. that would be yes. the only thing yeah yes yes um okay so we have this list in the book about things that are always funny and jokes that aren't funny and i am surprised like how well, a lot of this has held up. And I think particularly in light of the fact that so many comedians are complaining now that, oh, everybody takes everything so seriously and you can't make a joke and you can't go to college campuses. But I think if you just followed our list, you would be having a thriving okay. comedy career. <laughs> so, right. Okay. We're big into personal humiliation at the hands of hotel employees, gas station <laughs> attendants, or bathing suit saleswomen. Yeah. Like, that's funny. That's a great story. <laughs> Always okay. funny. Brushes with the law. Brushes with yes. the law. Always It'll, funny. Starts <laughs> with officer rubbish and then goes down from there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wedding disasters, especially inappropriate toasts and drunk bridesmaids. Super funny. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but you know, especially if the wedding is not your own, but even right. funnier. Um, right. right. Okay. Your dress getting caught at the top of your pantyhose. I mean, you just can't lose I mean, with that one. I know. Who who among us? Well, nobody wears pantyhose anymore, but when they did, this was this was a daily event, right? I mean, I think it helped to bond the sisterhood, like just women helping women. You know, your, your dress yes. is stuck in your pantyhose. You're like, just don't let women leave the the re- the restroom like that. Yeah. Okay. Small kitchen fires and other dinner party disasters. <laughs> Liz, when you first started cooking with Liz, I, I think there might have been some small kitchen fires. Where, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And it was hilarious, wasn't it? Yes. Well, we found it funny again. <laughs> okay. Uh, bad haircuts and other fashion faux pas. Your oh own, my God. particularly yes. your own. Yes, yes, your own. I mean, I just always have. I've always had the worst haircuts in the family. I mean, at one point, I got a haircut, and my son said to me, "Mom, are you wearing a wig?" I mean, he didn't even <laughs> recognize me. And I think you can extend that, Leon and Liz, to any other beauty treatments that go awry. Okay. Can we talk about tanning booths, uh, tanning lotion? <laughs> Right? Very true. <laughs> okay. Wild animals trapped in your house. That's always funny. That's well, funny. Just, just, yeah. Wild animals, period. Yeah. Yeah, I remember good. when I had to go take the, get the wild cat out of my, my elderly neighbor's laundry room. Remember oh, I forgot about that. That became yes. a, that became a fan favorite. Yeah. I, I thought she was kidding when she said there's a wild cat trapped in my laundry room. I'm like, come on, lady. How, <laughs> how wild could a cat be? And then I opened oh, the door oh, and the cat oh. like th- flew through the air at me like eight feet. I just got that door. I was like, oh, we're going to need animal control here. I cannot help you with this. Uh, dog imitations, always funny. Always mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Always funny. All right. Uh, one of my wild animal stories that I told way back in the day was the time I was at work and there was a guy coming in to fix my furnace. And I got like a text at work saying, do you have a pet raccoon? There's a raccoon sitting on your living room couch. <laughs> Still makes me laugh every time I hear that list. Do I have a pet raccoon? Are you kidding me? No. But thanks for the tip off that there's a raccoon in my house. <laughs> sitting on the couch. <laughs> uh, okay, but some uh, things we agree are just never funny, right? Yeah, Leah, just no yeah. way, no how. Right. All right. Ex-wife jokes, ex-husband no. jokes. We're all no. tired of that. Mother-in-law no. jokes. Oh, you're not no. the worst. Hear them here. No, not the worst. No, you're not no. going to. 
You're not. No. And can I just say it's a whole category, old people jokes. I'm not liking those (laughs) at all. Okay. That's not in the book, but I'm adding it today. Okay. I just, I mean, you're disallowing the whole boomer category, Julie. No, I I really find that just so insulting. Don't you? I mean, as a boomer. Yes. Yes. As a boomer. Yes. (laughs) Where most of it is true. Where most of it is true. Yeah. I still think they're funny. Is it? It's okay if you tell a joke about yourself being old, though, right? It's just young people right. telling old people jokes. Yeah, yeah, your issue. exactly. All right, jokes about body parts rarely funny. No, you know, ethnic jokes. We have it in the book. Twenty years ago, we said, please just stop <laughs> joking about people's ethnicity. Just let them be who they are. Uh, right. And this, to me, is the worst one. My wife, the compulsive shopper, jokes. Oh, right, still Remember the worst. That? There were entire yeah. comedians who made their whole career on my wife, the shopper, my yeah. wife spending money. Just dissing oh. their wives' behavior in general. Yeah. Now, I do no. think husbands can be really funny. <laughs> can we, can we jokes about current husbands? Because there's some good good stuff there. Yeah. But you don't uh, do that, Julie. We don't. No, no, I don't do that. No, 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 I don't. But I would like to. I would like to at times. <laughs> I'm tempted. We, we have to tiptoe around the edge of that subject. I yes. would say, uh, yes, I would say yes. that's that's the way it goes. But so uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, I you can hear we're still laughing, but I do think, I think this show has really helped us become better at all of that. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, Julie. The next thing you're going to talk about is you can't make this stuff up, which is sort of like how to use uh, what's happening in the world now to 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 tell a great story, but. That's it. See what I mean? It's hard to end a sense of humor segment in a funny way. Okay. Can you do a little dog <laughs> imitation here at the end to make Can it I laugh funny? now? Okay. Can I? <laughs> okay. We're going to go to break now. <laughs> Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SADSISTERS. So this is it. This is a win, win, win 
Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OSEAMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OSEAMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. We're back and we're talking sense of humor. This is our Satellite Sisters Uncommon Senses revisit at the end of this year. Sense of connection, sense of self, sense of humor is this week's topic. All right, Julie, what do you got? Well, I wrote an essay in the book called, you, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And as we've already established, as far as funny went in the Dolan family, our father was the leadoff batter, right? Yeah. Uh, when you think of, but... Now, when you think of every late night talk show, every morning show, pretty much every news show, you, what do they do? Well, I'll answer that. I'll tell you what they do. You know, <laughs> you know what they do? They find small news stories on the internet and they read them on the air for fun. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, our dad invented this. Okay. <laughs> Put this down. Okay. He invent. He was the internet before the internet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I am I am telling you this was a daily habit in in our household is that he would have all the newspapers everything from the New York Times to the Fairfield Town Crier and he would scour the newspapers in the morning because he realized that the lower the journalistic standard 
the higher the comedic value. And he was always <laughs> looking for stuff, you know? He'd find some little gem in the police blotter. Or how about hints from Heloise? Do you remember that column? <laughs> yeah, it was yes. something involving pantyhose, okay? And dad would, you know, he was able to take these little, the local papers or some small item you would never see in a major paper, and he he would he would tell you, he would start by saying, oh, this is good. Oh, get a load of this. Just as you were saying, Liz, he could hold the room. That's mm -hmm. what he would do with us, you know, that he would find this. And then he would he would just read this real life story about the woman with 23 cats in Fairfield, Connecticut. OK, OK. And what you realized as a child, what he was teaching you a very he was teaching all of us a very important lesson that people all around us were doing crazy, funny things, right? That <laughs> right. was it, okay? Yes. And all you had to do was look out there because there was a lot of crazy, funny things going on, okay? Mm -hmm. And the next big laugh, the next big smile on your face is just right around the corner, okay? And that that kind of anticipation, that kind of excitement, that really, that attitude about the bigger, broader world was a really important value for us. I mean, it was never with malice. It was never with, um, he was never criticizing people. It was just, he looked for the laughs in the small, fine print, okay? And mm -hmm. he was a, he was a genius, it. right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, what is the Seinfeld show about, okay? Yeah. My, our dad invented Seinfeld, okay? <laughs> he invited it. Jerry, if he was in our house, he would have said, oh, that's a great idea for a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but it made you, like, it, it also, I think, as a value, through this sense of humor, the sense of, you know, just... In uh, enjoyment, enjoying the big world, enjoying people's differences, enjoying behavior that may seem different and strange from your own behavior, that gave us a very positive, open attitude to how to deal with people, you know, around us. Right? I mean, it was never you weren't you weren't criticizing people or because they were different or that because they had twenty three cats or you know or that they were straining their coffee through their pantyhoses. Okay, if that's <laughs> when they wanted to do it, that's the way they should do it. Right? <laughs> Smart new uses for pantyhose. <laughs> I mean. Poor pantyhose. It's gone now, right? I mean, it's it's just... Uh, there was a lot of comedy in pantyhose. You're right, Julie. <laughs> but do you, do you remember how he would read the paper and do this and, yeah. and tell these little jokes or find these little stories? And I'm just, you know, I'm so shocked because that's what everybody does now. You know, it's part of their entertainment, you know? Uh, he would also do the real news stories. Uh, he would read them aloud as if he himself had just reported them, right? He would just read straight off the front page, like, get a load of this, as you said. And then it would be a real news story. And you're like, did did you report that? And you're just reading headlines to me now. But that's but he had just read it two minutes ago and could tell it to you as if it was breaking news that he had uncovered, which was also a skill of his, which is also what people do on the internet now. <laughs> I know. All of all of the news is that now. I don't know. So. I mean, I know Al Gore takes credit for the internet, but it's really like that. Okay. So just keep that in mind.
<laughs> All right. So, um, okay, let's talk a little bit about fun seeking versus fun sucking, because this has been an important part of how we define uh, what we want to talk about um, on the show and just in real life. I feel like the thing about fun suckers, I, again, not to, I, fun suckers just don't really calculate the impact they have on the overall group. You know, that's my number one beef with fun suckers that <laughs> right. they are just like, just because you think it doesn't mean you have to share it with the whole group. Are you bringing the group down or are you lifting the group up? You know, obviously sometimes you need to talk about the, you know, the sad, bad things, but in general, I don't want to hear just anything you have on your mind just because it's just not fun. It's just not fun. So, and I think here's the thing. I think a lot of fun suckers think that fun seekers um, are, you know, trivial or yeah, right. that they're right. superficial. And I would say that it's actually a lot harder to be a fun seeker than it is to be a fun sucker because it's the fun seeker, you know, so it's your 13th hour delayed at LAX. It is harder to be upbeat in that situation than it is to complain, <laughs> right? It's true. Or, right. It's another Saturday afternoon in the emergency room with the three-year-old. Very hard to be a fun seeker in that situation. Uh, so the you know the fun seeker really has to make the best of any situation. So for me, just observing across my whole life in corporate meetings, in family dinners, any airplane situation. Oh my God, fun seeking is very very challenging. And but the fun seekers are really the the glass half full crowd, while the the fun suckers, not only is their glass half empty. They seem committed to emptying your glass, right? They're like, I'm just not interested in that. So, uh, and in our family, there was just no reward for being a fun sucker because that's true, right? Really, no yeah. whining, huh? <laughs> right? No, yeah. Whi yeah. This is just another way of saying no whining. So we did in the book. We had a list of a few fun suckers versus fun seekers. So I'm going to share a few of those going going way back into the. Uh, the Satellite Sisters book. Here we go. Fun suckers never have an opinion until it's too late. Fun seekers take charge or take direction. Still oh. true, right? Yeah. Yes. Still true. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a good rule for life yes. right there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fun suckers think only important films should be Oscar winners. Fun seekers consider Titanic an Oscar worthy vessel. And <laughs> just to update that, I would say Barbie. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, yes. right, right. You know, uh, fun suckers are picky about their food, but fun seekers, we just like to pick. Uh, <laughs> fun suckers complain about the service. Fun seekers leave a big tip. A lot of it is about generosity of spirit. So, yes. So mm -hmm. we've got some classic ones in here. Jewel, you worked up a few new ones of your own. Yes, Liz. I mean, you mentioned airplanes. Fun suckers still think it's okay to complain about anything while sitting on an airplane. Yeah, nobody wants to hear it. Fun seekers keep their mouth shut and their seatbelts fastened <laughs> and wait till they've exited the airport before breaking out the fun, right? Yes. Okay. Those are fun seekers. How about this? Fun suckers are very skeptical of a podcast convention in Minnesota. <laughs> hmm. Fun seekers have their bags packed with Mamma Mia costumes and friendship bracelets. Yes. yes. 
<laughs> yes. We had so we had 175 fun seekers in Minneapolis. It was great. It was great. Yep. Fun seekers unite. Okay, I'll just throw in two more new ones. Uh fun suckers have very strong opinions about how Taylor Swift's fan base just really doesn't understand great music. Whereas fun seekers, they're already planning. Taylor and Travis's wedding. Okay. Yes. I'm all in on it. Yes. Just get just get on board, people. Uh, And then fun suckers. Well, fun suckers take you blow by blow through their leg day workout or their back day workout. Mm. Whereas fun seekers take up pickleball because that's what we all do now, people. (laughs) It's pickleball. So you can do it. It's not always easy to take the high road, but it's worth a try. That would be our opinion. Great, Liz. Fun seekers versus fun suckers. Be a fun seeker. All right, stay with us. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz, you know, we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. 
Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like- going to be happy, okay? <laughs> and that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right, and we are back. I want to remind everyone that the Satellite Sister Shop is open for any of your holiday gifting. We have things for every Mr. In your life, if you just go to SatelliteSisters.com, right in the top uh, right-hand side, you'll see shop. Just click on that, and we'll take you through to all of the products. I added a couple of new things over the Ooh. past week that I felt like we needed a Call Your Satellite Sister t-shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that one. T-shirt, yeah. somebody Call Your Satellite Sister, uh, that's a good one. And uh, and I'm also working uh, right now on a no follow-up questions hoodie because you know if you've listened been listening to us for a long time you'll know that you know sometimes we try to talk about things that we're not totally qualified to talk about or our knowledge of the subject is a little bit thin and that's when we just say to each other no follow-up questions right i feel like that is useful at like holiday dinner tables you know if you're trying to have a conversation that you really don't know anymore about no follow-up questions is a perfectly reasonable response to a follow-up question so anyway we have all of that and uh Lots of other just logoed merch for for everyone uh, at SatelliteSisters.com. Just go to the shop. And a reminder to subscribe to our newsletter, Pep Talk. Um, you can just go to SatelliteSisters.com and a subscription um, thing will will pop up. A pop-up window is what they call them. Thank you, Leah. A pop-up <laughs> window. Thing? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, a pop-up window you can just put in your email pep talk comes out every week that we have a show come out there's always a lot of information there um, about the show links to the sponsors if you're interested there's an essay from me every week that's the pep talk part and all kinds of other links product recommendations book tv recommendations something funny we usually like to leave off pep talk with something funny so now would be a great time to subscribe to pep talk if you are not already subscribed and thanks to those who have subscribed and read it. We have a very high open rate. So that's a sign to me you're very satisfied with pep talk. And I appreciate that. I appreciate. <laughs> I look it. forward to it every week, Leanne. I really do. I'm, I get so happy when I see that in my inbox. Because, of course, you do all the work yourself. I know you just said we do. We do. It's not. It's <laughs> no, really just Leanne. Leanne. <laughs> it's great. It's got recipes. And you have you put in your classic uh, essay, Carry Your Own Skis, this week, which I yeah. love, Leanne. Mm-hmm. Yes. I did. Yeah. I, I thought, let's revive that. For, that was in the sense of self-section in the book. And um, because it's online, because it's in a lot of uh, pep, it's in a lot of um, 
textbooks for high school kids, I could just cut and paste it from somebody else's document. So that's what I did. But yeah, you can get that complete carry around skis essay uh, there online. So you never know what you're going to find in the newsletter pep talk. It's a great way to stay connected and to forward it on to your satellite sisters and misters and smisters if there's something you want to share. So uh, that's pep talk. Just go to satellitesisters.com. Um, all right, you guys, men stink. I, I had just forgotten that we'd even written this essay until <laughs> until we started this project. And it just makes me still laugh. And here's the thing. You know we love men. We love mm-hmm. our brothers. We love our sons. We love our husbands. We love our cousins. We love grandsons. The, we love our grandsons. We love, you know, the people in our lives that we have worked for great male bosses. We're big fans of men. But I noticed that we wrote this essay in the book for brotherless girls because mm-hmm. we we realized we had gotten to a point in our life and we thought, boy, it must be quite shocking if you didn't grow up with men. Um, and then maybe you have one as a roommate or maybe you have one as a partner or a spouse. It must be shocking some of the things you learn <laughs> about men if you didn't have brothers. So we felt like this was a public service that yes. we were doing for mm-hmm. brotherless girls because we thought they were really at a disadvantage. So we wanted to share some of the lessons we learned from our brothers growing up, Jim, Dick, and Brandon. And Julie, you and I have had the privilege of raising two boys and only boys. So a lot of these things are reinforced by raising sons, don't you think? Yeah. And now with the grandsons. Yeah. Some of these. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. So the first one is men stink. I mean, literally, they do not smell great. Oh, (laughs) I have to say. (laughs) It's, It's pretty shocking. Like, there's just a lot of odors coming from a lot of different places all throughout their lives. You know, everything from like football practice to sweat, sweat socks to just let's not even talk about sharing bathrooms with men. It's a very challenging situation. So just in case you haven't grown up with men, we just want you to know they don't smell that great. So that that would be major number one. Alert. That's a major alert right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, too. One of the things we learned from our brothers was to understand the implications of an icing penalty. Oh, that's right. We spent so many hours growing up watching the New York Rangers, the Superstars, the Olympics, the Yankees, the Giants. It really increased our sports intelligent quotient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mainly it was under duress because we didn't weren't allowed to watch a lot of TV, but we could watch for some reason live sports. My parents mm-hmm. made an exception for that. And my brothers were older and bigger, so they got to handle the remote control. So we watched a ton of sports. Now, I have to say, it's paid off in the long run. Liz, you yes. made a career in sports. Made a career I, out I, of it. I made, I worked in the sports business for a while. We can impress people with our sports knowledge. There's so many, you know, more women that are into sports now and so many great women's sports that you can watch. Yes. So it's fantastic. But where did we learn what an icing penalty really was? We learned it from our brothers. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Jim, Dick, and Brendan. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, Number 14 for me, you can never block properly from an upright position. Oh, wow. Okay. This is not going to make sense Flash unless you, you say that, Leon. Go ahead. I mean, you know, the vibe in our house was a was a lot of physical violence, wouldn't you say? I mean, <laughs> we just we let's just be open about it. Yes, it's very I true. Mean, it we was took a lot of hits from our brothers, right? All the time. We didn't really play touch football. We played tackle football with them. 
I mean, I, forget I, the playing the football. You could just be walking down the hall and you just get hip check into the boards. Like it was just nonstop, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm at one point. Well, they were hard balls. I got hard balls in my eyes, right? Oh, okay. And But to be fair, they did the same thing to each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I did have a, there was... Brendan used to set up a, a boxing ring in the in his um his bedroom and his whole we would box with pillows and his whole thing was we'll all be on my knees. Well, he was three and a half years older than me. So it didn't really matter if he was on my knees. I mean, my head would be ringing. He would just pummel me with those pillows. It was unbelievable. So here's the thing. You, you can't block properly from an upright position. You have to get low. You have to look your opponent right in the eye. You have to move side to side instead of straight ahead. And that is actually really a great position to go through life, mainly <laughs> when you think about it. Okay. You get you like to dodge and weave. You know, we weren't fast as we established last week. Our DNA says we're slow, but if you're down low, you brace for impact. You don't cry at all. You really, you can, you can move through life dodging and weaving. We can take it. Yeah. It also reinforces something we said last week about just the bare minimum of supervision most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, we, we played war outside a lot. That was the name of the game. There was killing. Yeah, I think everyone did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a different time. Okay, yeah. well, here's number 10. Appropriate loungewear is important. Now, you have to realize we wrote this over 20 years ago, before there was Lululemon, before you were wearing PJs to Starbucks or your slippers to the grocery store. Our brothers were style influencers. <laughs> okay, you realize this? Do you know that we know we noted that they were the ones that were into athletic leisure wear? They were creating that cat uh, their own category. We noted in the book that our brother Jim wore a jumpsuit. Okay, over Harry Styles, our brother was doing that twenty years ago, right? It's true. He also wore clocks. Okay. Hospital <laughs> gear. Okay. Brendan had some kind of thing. Yes. Right. He had had a very I was wearing hospital gears. Oh, yeah. Raise. <laughs> he had. Yeah. Had so a, he wore those hospital pants. Okay. <laughs> and then he cut the hospital pants off and made them into shorts. It was sort of what I called his jughead shorts. So you're just hanging around and hacked off hospital pants. That's. <laughs> Okay, well, that's a combo of Grey's Anatomy style versus <laughs> distressed clothing. Okay, they were doing it all. There were our brothers, the big influencers, again, before there was an internet. So bad. Okay, that that is the shame. Okay, I, I can't believe we wrote this. Takeout. It's not just food. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Think back 20 years ago. There were, you couldn't get, like, takeout food. I mean, maybe a couple of places did it. But it wasn't a lifestyle. It wasn't an no. app, okay? But that, <laughs> but for our brother Brendan, who lived in an apartment in New York, mm-hmm. without ever turning on either his stove or his refrigerator <laughs> for like three years, it was a lifestyle. He yeah. again, an influencer way ahead of his time. Liz, yeah. you may recall he had those Dairy Queen Sunday miniature baseball helmets, right? 
It's not just that he had them, Julie. That was all he had as like <laughs> dishware in his kitchen. It was, uh, yeah, you get a scoop of ice cream in a miniature batting helmet. He had a complete set and that was it. That was, there were no other plates or bowls. Anything, everything was served in a miniature batting helmet. Do you realize how big he would be now uh, if he, would, if he, you know, if social media was around? In the there collectibles be, business. I yeah. mean, in collectibles, oh, he'd be making all this. Okay. And this is the last one. This is really important for Girls that don't have brothers, you need to know this, okay, about chick flicks. Please, girls, uh, you know, men really don't like chick fit, okay? No matter how evolved they are, okay? We, and we wrote this. You should just go with your girlfriends and enjoy, okay? That's what you, you want to see Barbie? Go go see Barbie, okay? Don't drag him there. Don't make him do that. He doesn't want to do that, Okay. Oh, okay. And then I have a few more. So one thing we learned from our brothers is to specialize because we would see them like, I can't tell you how many times we walked into our kitchen and our oldest brother, Jim, would be boiling a hockey stick in a large pot of water on top of the kitchen stove to try to get the exact curvature he needed in his hockey stick or you know dick endlessly practicing three-point shots into the top of a lampshade that was really just his socks duct taped together over and over and over again and so you know and many other examples of this and what we learned was that excessive repetition of seemingly inexplicable and specialized tasks actually do lead to expertise so but this kind of obsessive repetition could also, if you wanted to open your mind a little bit, bring about the discovery of protease inhibitors or the internet <laughs> or the human ge genome sequence. You could like we let's think big people. Once you've mastered the curvature of your hockey stick, that same obsession can be applied elsewhere. So we learned that from them. Um, okay, next one. We learned from our brothers that um that men and women are equal. You know, this was hotly debated at our dinner table when we were kids, but mm -hmm. here's something that actually happened to me. Uh, our brother Brendan was living in my apartment in New York City for a while when he first got out of college. And you just observe the behavior. Uh, and you only need to watch your brother attempt to cook frozen fish sticks by putting my wooden-handled frying pan uh, directly under the broiler. Uh, you only need to see them do that once to know that <laughs> men, men are no more qualified to run the world than women. I mean, I literally came home one day and it smelled like the whole place was on fire. And he showed me, oh yeah, sorry, frozen fish sticks in a wooden handle frying pan under the broiler. Okay, you know, boys are great, but the more time you spend around them growing up, the more alarming the idea of an all-male cabinet meeting becomes as an adult. <laughs> That's... We could see that we lived with that. And then one last thing. Hang on. Uh, I think our brothers, because our brothers had the overall age and size advantage, you know, Jim and Dick um, were the two oldest of the eight. The sisters had to make up for this by just outthinking them all the time. So really learning to live by our wits. Or at the very least, making them laugh hard enough so that they would allow you to change the channel instead of them being the one to choose that. So we were forced to live by our wit and humor. And I think it has uh, it has been very important to us throughout our whole lives. That was a win. <laughs>
Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good so list. Right, so right about that one, Liz. Yeah, always on. You got to be one step ahead of them. That is really important. <laughs> Just so that that's the way you live your life. One step ahead. <laughs> oh, this has been fun. Um, uh, that is our show on the sense of humor. Again, we want to remind you two other episodes if you haven't listened to them, um, the sense of connection and the sense of self. Uh, next week, we have the sense of adventure. Uh, we'll be back with that. And then the last one is the sense of direction. We would like to thank our sponsors, of course. We really appreciate how they support the show. And we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for supporting our sponsors. A big thanks to Sergio Enriquez for engineering this show. Emily Boragine does our graphics. Thank you, Emily. We love working with you both. Uh, thanks to Diane Gray. Uh, we're always so happy that she is our business manager and, and many other things to us. So thanks to Diane. Um, it is Thanksgiving this week as we record this. We're getting ready for that. So um, to-do list, Liz, what do you have? Okay, well, I have two Thanksgiving assignments, Leanne. One is what I'm bringing to your house. Once again, I am assigned the seafood platter because I have the world's greatest seafood market right here in Santa Monica, Santa Monica Seafood. So you're the easy assignment you know, bringing shrimp and other things to your place. Really looking forward to that. But my neighbors are having a Friendsgiving. Mm, so I oh, am I also, those. I just tested a recipe to bring to their friends, get Friendsgiving. You can see it in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. I saw, you know, doing a little cooking with Liz research, saw this recipe for uh, mushrooms bourguignon. And I thought, well, that is like the perfect side dish or main course if uh, if you're a vegetarian or vegan. So I tested it last night. Super good. Super delicious. My test batch. But I feel like I feel like I need to make them bourguignonier. All right. <laughs> like there's mm. just I need to up the up the wine taste. And so I'm going to uh, I'm going to be working on that. Those are my two main things. Mm. Did you use mushroom stock in it? I used vegetable stock. Might want to look for mushroom stock. Okay. Huh. All that right. Might help. All right. That might help you bourguignon it. Bourguignon yeah. it up. Yeah. Bourguignon it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. Say. I will do that. <laughs> Joel? Okay. Well, for me, it's 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 a packing thing. I am traveling 0.6 miles from my house to go have Thanksgiving dinner with my son and daughter-in-law and three of my grandchildren. But we have to, but our, we're in charge of cooking the turkey, bringing the stuffing, uh, cranberry sauce, cranberry bread, gravy. Um, but it's it's sort of an elaborate packing because we're also bringing our big black lab. So we have the hot turkey. <laughs> the hot turkey can't be too close to the lab because that could be <laughs> right? But you can't have the cranberries like loose, you know, because that could make a giant mess. And what I've realized over the years this is the best method. You've got to put the gravy between your legs. Okay, there's no other way. Okay, just on the floor, in the front seat, lab in the second seat, hot turkey in the third seat. Okay, that's my plan. All right, well, I'm having a rather small group this year for us, but um, it does include some vegans. So I'm going to do it. I am going to attempt a baked item that is a vegan Whoa. baked item. It's oh. also preferred baked in a bunt pan, which is okay. really another level for me. So, okay. um, but it looks delicious. It's a, it's an olive oil cake with cranberry, orange, and cardamom. Oh, 
Mm, and then you that put sounds like, deliciously. Yeah, and then you put beautiful like crystallized cranberries on top with their sugar, whatever they're called. But it does look nice in a bunt pan. So wish me luck. Somebody gave me a bunt pan like 15 years ago, and I've never used it. But I'm sure it's somewhere in this house. So first I have to <laughs> find the pan, and then I have to bake this thing. But I love my vegans, love having them come. So uh, looking forward to that. Okay, well, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy yes. Thanksgiving. Yes, yeah, safe travels to all. Great Thanksgiving to everybody, to our Canadian listeners and our foreign listeners. Thanksgiving is a great holiday. Um, you guys should adopt it. I know Canada, you <laughs> have Canadians their own Thanksgiving. Have <laughs> yeah, they have their own Thanksgiving. But uh, but other countries, fantastic. Food, family, fun. So it's all good uh, and funny. Uh, we're the Satellite Sisters. Julia Liz, have a great week. You, you too, Leanne. Leanne. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>